Welcome to Thrive in the Future podcast, positive solutions to help you thrive, homestead, garden, and designing your intentional life. Welcome back to Thrive in the Future. In this episode, I'm talking about how to start or grow your side hustle. I'll be covering how to evaluate your customer, what you're trying to solve, and how to quickly go to market, including which tools I use, and I'm sharing my wins and losses. So the first thing you want to do is niche down. As we talked about in episode 75 with John McCoy, niche down, that means choose your niche, and then go farther and niche down even more to a sub-niche. John talked about he niched down not to just writing, but to aircraft parts and maintenance, and now he's the go-to guy in that space. The same thing applies if you are doing construction or work for people. If you niche down after you learn the skills and you are the go-to guy and you specialize in something, but most importantly, if you show up when other people have given them an estimate of like three weeks, then you are the go-to guy. You'll ultimately be able to charge more. Know your customer. Sometimes the customer is not what you think it is because you are patterning this after what you would do, but let your customer decide if they are your customer or not. Don't go chasing after someone who doesn't want to be your customer. So why ultimately do you have a side hustle? Are you just looking to make money? Because the point of business, to quote Cyprian from the recent AI debate he had with Hotep Jesus, the point of doing business is not to make a profit. The point of doing business is to solve the problems of other people and to solve them well. When you solve them for other people, then you get paid and then you'll make a profit, end quote. So are you really trying to solve problems for other people? Are you just trying to grift and make money? Don't just grift for the sake of grifting because people are going to see through that. I'll have more comments around that in the Patreon extras. Do Should you use AI? Should you use affiliate marketing? My advice for affiliate marketing is only choose affiliate marketing of who you do business with and stuff that you have bought and stuff that you can truly recommend, not just stuff you're grifting. If you have a homestead, what are you doing with the yield? What are you doing with that excess? Are you converting from a consumer to a producer mindset? One of the permaculture principles is abundance. What are you doing with your yield? So you should have a yield and you should have an excess. And you either store that excess by canning, by freezing, by putting in a root cellar, whatever else. Or if you have other excess, like you have trees that you've grown and things like that, then you can make some money on the side in a side hustle, growing community by sharing, and even making some money. We like to talk in the liberty movement about parallel economy, parallel economy. Everybody should have a parallel economy, but very few people are actually producing something and then sharing it and actually selling and having an economy. There's other forms of capital, and that's one of the things that I'll go through in, in when we evaluate each side hustle is what are the goals? It doesn't always have to be money. Go back to episode three of the podcast way 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 back there's eight forms of capital there's financial there's material there's living capital social capital cultural capital intellectual capital experiential capital and spiritual capital so 
by forming a side hustle, you have several options there. Financial, obviously, but also um, social capital. Are you building social capital in your community? Intellectual capital, are you learning new skills while doing it? And then experiential, you're gaining new experiences and enriching your life by doing it. Because if you're just doing it for the money, it's going to show through and you're going to look like a grifter. And we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later in the episode. So one of the first steps is what do you like to do? What skills or goods do you bring to the table? And then how can you use those to build community, to build your wealth, and to build your social capital? So I'm going to use some examples here from some side hustles that I have going. You probably see these advertised on the on the podcast. You also see them advertised on Twitter. This is not a commercial. I'm using them, and I'll evaluate each one for how I came to the analysis I'm about to give. Okay, so first what you want to do is you want to evaluate those skills. What do you do, and what kind of skills do you bring to the table? What kind of access do you have? Do you have? It can be anything from eggs to doing carpentry work to having extra trees that you grew to grafting trees. Next, what you want to do is you want to evaluate your customer. Who is your customer? Who is your ideal customer? And what problem are you trying to solve, not just for you, but for your customer? Some people take and put themselves in the place of the customer and they're really selling to themselves, but they haven't really looked at what is their ideal customer and what is the problem they're trying to solve from them. They're too busy trying to solve their own problem and then they don't understand why it doesn't go anywhere. And then we'll look at how to quickly take each one of those to market without spending a whole lot of money. My first example is what I did with nut trees and hazelnut trees. Every fall, I go down to the local school, and you've heard me talk about this in the foraging episode. My friend planted chestnuts down there 10 years ago. He thought that it was going to be a great idea. He was going to have teach the kids at the elementary school chestnuts roasting by an open fire. He was going to show them and do demos on this. And then the school said, nope, too much of a legal liability. So he left the trees down there. They're mature trees now. There's, there's three trees. They dump a ton of chestnuts. They're Chinese chestnuts. And I go down there and forge them off the ground. Or, you know, I've got a one of those basket picker things on a on a long pole and I'll get the ones that are about to fall out of the burrs as well. I don't take very many of them and I go in multiple visits and that way I leave enough for everybody else and I collect buckets of these chestnuts. What I use them for is I take them home, I put them in sand in a bucket and I leave them for the winter time in the garage and this time of year around late April I go and open the bucket and then they have sprouted out. I take those and I put them into a larger bucket or I put them into a tree pot. Grow them out into one-year seedlings and then either trade them, plant them, or sell them. I've had quite a bit of extra of those as well as comfrey and elderberry cuttings. So I decided to make a side hustle and I called it GrowNutTrees.com. So which tools did I use? I already have a website and hosting through Bluehost and it allows me to set up other websites. 
I don't need all that much traffic to it. It's in WordPress. I went and created a WooCommerce site, WooCommerce being the the online store add-on in WordPress. I decided to sell extra chestnuts that I had foraged. I sell one-year seedlings, and I had some two-year seedlings left over as well. And then I have tons of comfrey. Every year, I also significantly trim back my elderberry and take cuttings of those. You can take the sticks of the elderberry and you can stick them into the ground. Just poke them into the ground and they'll they'll grow without having to do anything special. So I took all these. I set up something on WooCommerce already on a site I already had. The domain name cost me 20 bucks. I got that from Hover.com. I don't mess around with GoDaddy or Register.com because they try and upsell me and they just bother me all the time. It's really hard to get them to do anything and you're locked into them. So I went to Hover.com. It's easy for me to set up. It's easy for me to redirect things. It was easy for me to set it so that it would point to the Bluehost. And I had a site set up. I'll include a link in the show notes on the tutorial that I used to set up WooCommerce. And it took me four or five hours to set up WooCommerce on top of my WordPress. It really wasn't that hard. So who's my customer? I thought it's going to be somebody like me. It's somebody who does grafting of apple trees, likes to plant trees and things like that. And so I stood this up in the fall of 2022. Now this is where I went wrong. Because if you go over to Google Trends and you look at chestnut trees and elderberry and comfrey, there is no activity in the fall. I buy trees in the fall, but I am apparently unique in that. The time when that peaks is right about now in April and May. And this is what you do. You go over and you investigate what kind of trends do you have. So I went to Google Trends. And I looked at that, and it'll show you which months. It'll show you how it's trending. It'll show you which months it peaks and which keywords work best to use for your website. I used Stripe and PayPal as the payment providers that was hooked up to WooCommerce. I set it up with a coupon code so there could be a 10% discount. I compared the price to other Comfrey Farms, and I also compared the price to farms that I usually buy trees from. So what was the draw and what was the pitch? The draw and the pitch is that it's really hard to grow chestnuts in Kansas because like I said if I buy them from upstate New York or I buy them from Burt Ridge Nursery over in the Pacific Northwest they just don't do well in Kansas. We have it, it we don't get April showers spring May flowers it's dry all the way till May and then we get downpour thunderstorms and most of our rain in May and June and then in between there it's really hot. It's really hard to get chestnuts to take off and I've had more luck by putting them in mounds with swales as you could see on uh, Thriver.news which is our other site and I'll talk a little bit more about Thriver News here in a little bit. So lessons learned. What did I gain and what was my goal out of grow nut trees? Use my abundance, use that yield, and then trade and sell the extra chestnut trees that I had grown last year. And as I said, it's it's not always 
the financial form of capital that you're looking for. One of the things that was real important to me here was to learn the skill of using WooCommerce, setting it up, having an online store, figuring out what works for a marketing standpoint, and then how to maintain the inventory in WooCommerce, as well as driving traffic to the site. So in that situation, I made enough money to be able to cover all my costs, my hosting costs, my any plugins I had that I was using, as well as um, enough money to buy some more supplies for this year. And I also learned a skill, which was really important. So this was a win-win. Now, if I was going to do it differently, I would change and ramp up in the spring when it was more appropriate and I'd have more traffic. And we still have inventory. Go check it out. You, Like I said, I'm using this as an example. It's not a commercial, but you can go and see how the website is set up. And we still have some inventory left. So the next example is a little different. This is Thriver.news. Thriver News. It's thriving community without all of the noise. And Perpin and I set this website up over the wintertime. So this arose out of two factors. One is that I have long-form articles that are on, that were on thriveinthefuture.com that were working with the podcast, but very few people actually click through to most of the people listen to Thrive in the Future on their favorite podcast app. There's very few little click-throughs, and so I wasn't getting very much traffic to the website. In addition to that, Perpin had transitioned from writing for a newsletter and wanted to have we wanted to take the articles from Thrive in the Future and put them on a newsletter site and it also gave him a new avenue for writing. So that's our reason for doing it but who's the customer? Just like with Thrive in the Future this is aimed at a positive newsletter, positive solutions. Thriver News drives traffic to the website. It drives traffic to signing up for the Telegram group, with the community group. It can drive traffic to grownuttrees.com. And it also has standalone articles that have a positive solution and a positive spin. In addition to that, it was also a benefit in the fact that it allowed us to learn new skills. We set it up on WordPress, spun it up, it uses Generate Press, which is a WordPress plugin, and Generate Elements, which is, an also, is also a WordPress plugin. It's the same as Generate Press, same company. Um, so this is the key right here, and this is important. Perpin set this up initially and did most of the programming for it. I paid him money because he needed money for rent. And this is the key here. If you hire an IT person to help you, then add in as part of the handoff of that and as part of the payment options that they need to teach you what they did. So I know WordPress, I know most of how to do these things, but he did some different things on the website on Thriver News than I do on Thrive in the Future. As part of the handoff, I had him teach me what he did and we went through and I learned new skills by doing that as well. So check that out. That's Thriver.news. So what if you're bringing a new item to market? I have a spreadsheet that I've been using for years where I track everything that I 
It has a tab for everything I plant. It has a tab for everything I harvest. It has a tab for the food costs. So that way I can tell how much I actually saved every year. It has a tab for for the inputs and it has a tab for um, any plant sales I have. So I went and I was also reading an article about how much space would you actually need if you were going to live off your garden. So I added a tab to my spreadsheet for called how much and it basically has a calculator. It has spacing, it has row spacing, it has how many plants you would need and how much feet you would need for one person for potatoes if you were and greens and etc cetera, etc cetera, if you're going to live off of your garden and it has a calculator in there where you would put your numbers in there and then it would uh, calculate how much total space you would need it's really surprising because if you're going to live off your garden um, you need a lot of space of potatoes i talked about that in a couple episodes ago so i won't go into that but I decided to take that and then use that as an extra revenue stream by selling that spreadsheet. So this is what I did. I took the spreadsheet, I set it up on Gumroad, gumroad.com. You could set it up on Etsy or one of these other places, but you're going to be in competition with everybody else and that's going to drive your price down. I mean, if you have 20 to 30 garden planners on there, there's nothing to set you apart quickly for somebody to see except price, and they're not going to choose yours. So it's better to go through your own site. I hosted it through Gumroad, and Gumroad has a long URL. So I bought a domain name on Hover called thrivinggardenplanner.com. I rerouted it or forwarded it to the Gumroad address, and I can also tag on a a tag there that will activate a temporary um, coupon code so you don't have to enter in the coupon code for a discount. So I could run periodic discounts just in one spot by taking it off without having to go and dive into the Gumroad menus to find it. So how do you bring something like that to market? So don't wait until it's perfect. Take it and release it Give some to your friends or to influencers, quote influencers, um, and then and then sell it for a cheaper price. Sell it for a discount. Use the feedback that you get and then also get some testimonials from those folks as well. Take those testimonials and use those and that feedback to improve your your spreadsheet or your product. And because people bought it through Gumroad, it also provided their email addresses so I could email them with an updated link with any updates I made in the future. In addition to that, I also have provided throughout the season my how I am using it. So you can see how I'm uh, planting out my garden and then what I use it for from a harvesting standpoint as well. The key is don't wait for perfection. Perfect is the enemy of good. Get it out there. Get some traction. Maybe you don't make a lot of money on it. But the thing about it is is that you can publish something like that and it can be a passive source of income going forward. You don't always have to update it, but you could technically, it could be out there for years, making you incremental passive income. 
You can also set up a landing page with CARD. It's C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. And this is a one-page, easy landing page you can create. So basically what you want to do is you want to have a proof of concept. You want to go to market as quick as possible. You want to find out what works and what doesn't. Like I said with um, Grow Nut Trees. Starting it in the fall, not as good of an idea as starting it in the spring. What appeals to me and when I buy trees does not necessarily line up with when everybody else buys trees. So let's talk about some pitfalls. So everybody, if you are on Money Twitter or you are on Instagram, you'll see a lot of stuff about side hustles. Almost all those things for side hustles, especially for affiliate marketing, are scams. So why? Um, basically, let's get real. The people that say they are making a bazillion dollars on Instagram by dropshipping or by selling electronic things on Etsy or by creating Canva templates and selling them on Etsy, they are not making that money by dropshipping or by selling on Etsy. They are making their money by selling training to you that's higher dollar than that on how you can do that. So they're selling the dream. Nothing wrong with that. But once again, you can go and create this yourself and quickly set something up with a proof of concept with very little outlay, maybe a maybe a URL that you bought for 16 bucks and you can see if it works for a year. If you do some of those or you write an ebook, then those are passive income that keep coming in. Are they big dollars? Are you going to quit your job? Probably not. Then you can go and you can take some of those other skills. Go back to episode 45 with Jewel Smith. He has his carpentry skills. He built a local market by charging the same or less than everybody else and then got a reputation and then started becoming the go-to guy and raising his price. The key is not to fill your whole week trying to fill a 40-hour week, but to get some of those premium clients so that you can be the go-to guy. They're going to call up. Anybody else that they call up is going to give them a quote, and they're going to be six weeks out to, say, dig them a pond, to work on their deck, to fix something. Um he made it so that, sure, you call me, I'll be out there Thursday. But he's going to charge a little bit more than everybody else does. And that way he has that space. He has that slack time. He has that ability where he can meet people's needs quickly and still make it a premium for himself. So in all these, whether it's IT, whether it's um, a spreadsheet that you sell, whether it's trees that you sell, or whatever else, or if you're doing carpentry skills like Jules did, niche down, become the go-to guy or gal. Where you're known for a certain thing, you don't do everything, and then it's easy to figure out what you're selling, and it's easy to get a hold of you. So let's talk a little bit more about tools. So we already talked about Google Trends. There's another tool to use. It's called AnswerThePublic.com. If you get on there, you can put in a keyword. So I put in homesteading in the, and it'll say, where do you want it to be? I want it to be in the U.S. 
So it'll give me 71 questions that are around homesteading that are in search terms. So when did homesteading start? Which states allow homesteading? These are the things that it, that it returns. Can homesteading be profitable? Is homesteading free? It also gives you prepositions around homesteading, like homesteading for beginners, homesteading without animals, homesteading without electricity, homesteading in this place, homesteading near me, and the different in different states. So these can give you an idea of content. They can give you an idea of what to aim your content towards. And then it also has comparison things. So it'll have comparison statements. Homesteading and working full-time. Homesteading and prepping. Homesteading and homeschooling. So right there, I could have, looking at this, I could have two or three podcast episode topics, ideas that I could get out of this. So this isn't AI. This is just a regular website similar to Google Trends, but it can give you ideas on different approaches to take. And if you're doing a podcast or you're doing some other type of thing where you're providing some content, don't go overboard. I mean, basically, if you push it too hard, it'll look like you're grifting. So especially with a podcast or with anything else you do, you have to develop an audience first. If you immediately go to the grift, then you will look like a grifter. For example, we know some folks that started a podcast and they immediately got a butcher box affiliate. They were immediately hard selling affiliate stuff and they hadn't they hadn't won listeners, they hadn't won an audience, they hadn't developed that trust where they could then bring that stuff out. So in this episode, I gave you some tips and ways to start and also grow your side hustle. You want to niche down, you want to identify your customer, you want to identify what are you trying to solve. You want to quickly go to market, you want to do a proof of concept, Use that experience to get testimonials, to get experience, even if you are selling it for cheaper at first. And if you have construction skills, then you build your clientele and then you increase your price. And hopefully you can get to the point where you're not just filling your week with time. You're not just filling your week with busy work, but you can do valuable work that is at a premium and you can enjoy Slack time. So for more, check out our Patreon. I have lots more tips on this episode. I also have a bonus episode using affiliate programs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Check it out on Patreon at patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast. Like us and follow us on your favorite podcast app. And leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. That helps drive the algorithm and pushes Thrive in the Future up in the search results. Thank you. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Great stuff coming up on Thrive in the Future. Decentralization and why it matters with Tristan from Bitcoin and Beef at Bitcoin and Beef on Twitter. Ashley Colby from Rizoma School on building community by rediscovering tradition. 
and Homestead Padre on living with depression on the homestead. That's coming up on Thrive in the Future podcast.